ECU? Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. Happy Football Friday. It is a Football Friday, Joey Football Friday edition of Hoist the Colors. Hope you guys had a happy Thanksgiving. As we are here, a day away from ECU's season finale. At least as you're listening to us. In reality, it's Wednesday as we record this. But Time travel. It is Football Friday. Joey, how's it going, man? Uh, going good. I mean, it's a great day to be a duck out there. A lot of rain. I uh, was not envisioning the amount of precipitation that would have fallen last night. So a couple puddles might have caused a little bit of a time delay for us to be here. But we're sitting here. We made it. You made it here. The made freshly it. promoted Joe Sampson. He is uh, he's on the rise, guys. On the rise in the business. And he made it in time. If, if, if you, you would have made so. it in time, then I was you, on the de- you would have yeah. got demoted. demoted immediately. But we're... We're no longer on the you're fired Tuesday, you're back Thursday. So there's some stability here, guys. Hey, you know, when you work with Coach Logan, that's how it is. So <laughs> I have felt your pain, all the gassers. Dude, I've been stripped off scholarship and put back on scholarship so many times. I don't know hey. what check I'm supposed to write for tuition. I'm all confused. The government's confused because ECU's a state university and – I don't even know if Coach knows if I'm on scholarship anymore. Yeah, so. I, I couldn't relate to that. I never had one, but we're moving on from that. So none of us ever had a scholarship? No. You you did have a locker, though? I did have a locker. Okay. Had a locker and didn't have to run sprints in the in the parking lot. So There you go. The athlete himself, Joe Sampson. That's a strong word. Freshly promoted Joe Sampson. Philip, how you doing on this Friday? I'm great. I'm excited. We got NFL football on a Friday afternoon. I'm I'm pumped. Yeah, the New York Jets. Three hours away from the J E T S Jets, 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 baby. How are you, I got? I'm pretty turkey yesterday. I got some good turkey, and we're one day closer to the Denver Broncos about to win their fifth straight game. So I feel great. They are in the hunt. The Jets are in the hunt. You know who's not in the hunt? The Panthers. The Carolina Panthers. The saddest team in the land. Do you just wake up in the morning and cry because you took Bryce Young? No. I wake up in the morning and cuss David Tepper <laughs> and talk about how we have the worst record like in the league since 2019. He took over his owner going into 2018, and I tell myself we are the next Washington Redskins who will stink for the next 40 years. Commanders. And, yeah. Well, they, Commanders. when they stunk, they were the – now they're the Commanders. They've got a new owner, so maybe they've got hope. But um, The football team. You're yeah. going to be the Carolina football team shortly. Got yeah, it. I just um, I don't know if uh, my dad or my mom or will see a Super Bowl in their lifetime for the Panthers. Well, they don't think it's going to happen. That's All what right, I tell myself is, every day. This is too depressing. Let's move on to a more <laughs> exciting topic, ECU football. That was a bad segue. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was rough. We are a few days away or behind ahead. Wait, what am I trying to say? Time travel. Hold on. We're, I'm, uh, we're now. A few days ago, guys, there was a crazy shot inside Minji's Coliseum. So let's talk about that instead of Bobby. EC football. Bobby Pettiford Jr. Joe, you were on media row with I myself. Was. I'm now told I can never not go to a basketball game, by the way, because I'm the good luck charm. Uh, Schwartz opened the, the presser with that one, Philip. That was fun. Okay, perfect. We'll make Dom produce every game. <laughs> what was your vantage point of the shot and... 
our reaction. I think everybody stood up except for Patrick Mason from the reflector. Patrick was stuck. Your intern was like, yes, he was. He was just frozen in time. I throw my hands up like a, you know, the clip Philip when uh, Joe Rogan sees the knockout and he's like holding Dana White like that from the UFC fight. Yeah, yeah. that was me and I go like I'm like grabbing I go like with my arms in the air. I was like, oh my god. And then I was like, good thing this is not a working press facility like baseball is. I would have been immediately kicked out of the box or the crow's nest, as we call it, because there, if there was a single Kennesaw State staff member or press member there, there was there was no. The only Kennesaw State person in the whole facility that was not a team representative, like directly on the team, was the banana kid. Yeah. Which I got was into it. Yeah, Coach Schwartz even thanked him after the game for being there. He's like, he got on the radio and he's like, yeah. He goes, it's great to see the students who stayed. There's a guy over there dressed like a banana or, a Ken- <laughs> or a Kennesaw State fan over there dressed like a banana. But I thanked him for being here too. I'm just glad people showed up. Yeah, 3,300 attendance. Uh, but it, it didn't feel like it was only 3,000 people. All it, it got loud. a little bit of a run inside Menji's. It gets so yeah, loud. It got loud. And just so, you know, I, I said it on Wednesday show, Joe, we get caught up in all the NIL mm-hmm. and all the stuff, you know, that's wrong with college sports. But being in an environment like that, experiencing an ending like that, that just takes us back to, like, why we love yeah. the games mm-hmm. and why we, you know, just why we love sports, why we got into this profession. I mean, profession's a strong word. You're <laughs> a professional now. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, it's it really is. I mean, you just that's the moment you've been dreaming of. How many times were you kid in the driveway? Three seconds left. Three, two. You missed the first one. You go back. You put three right, more seconds keep doing on the it. clock. So that that's what it was. I mean, Bobby came down. He made a great shot. You could see he didn't. I thought he rushed it. So when he when he let it go, was he like, did shoot got, a little early. I was like, you've got time. And then all of a sudden, I was like, eh, and he cashed it. And I was like, oh my god. Obviously, our reaction has been well noted. I'm waiting for the IGO recreation on the HTC Twitter page. But uh, yeah, I we'll, need to get more Minji's Coliseum <laughs> access. So we went down there, couldn't find a ball we were going to recreate. <laughs> so I just took that the photo been, instead. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that's what you dream of. And he was built for the moment. It's not the first time he said an overtime winner like that. Uh, they did hit one last year in the Bahamas when he was on Kansas. So he has experience in the big moment like that. That was an overtime game winner. But he, he's a national champion. He he's, is. He's been there before. He understands. And Schwartz talked about his role, and this is really his start to, to being that guy. And I think he kind of settled some debates on if he could do it. Pirate basketball will return to action Saturday at George Mason. That'll be their first road test. And they will be tipping off at the same time as East Carolina and Tulsa kick things off. Two o'clock inside Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. It is senior day. We discussed that a little bit earlier in the week. Tulsa comes in three and eight, one and six. They have lost six games in a row. <laughs> they, uh, I think they have been more competitive though. Here, let me yeah, pull their schedule. Twenty four, twenty two to Tulane. Yep, thirty five, twenty eight North yeah, Texas, thirty three, twenty six Charlotte. So three consecutive one score games. Mm-hmm. ECU is favored. Uh, we'll make those picks shortly uh, by three points. The total is at forty four and a half, Joe. So. They're expecting points. Do you feel like there's any way ECU can score that many? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think, especially with Kirkpatrick in that turmoil kind of handled, no matter how you look at it, it is a little bit of a relief. It is one of those things like you know what next week looks like. So I think he just kind of puts it all out there, and we ribbed on him a couple times. We're like, you really got to let it go and, and see what you got. But I think he pulls something out, maybe running back pass or something like that, maybe a pop pass, something like that to kind of give you a spark and, and take advantage of it. Because at the end of the day, it's your last game of the season. You have nothing to lose. You have nothing to gain by not running it. 
Do you think we see Raheem Jeter Saturday for even a series or a play? Yeah. You think so? I, I truly do. I think this is the opportunity to do it. I don't know if it's a split formation. I don't know if it's uh wildcap, you kind of put him in the back and then put it back with him, but another quarterback, so you have that possibility to kind of mix things up. Um could see all three quarterbacks. Yeah, at I was one about point. to say, yeah. do we see Mason Garcia Saturday? That's, I mean I mean, I think you have to. I think at that point, like you're there's no reason not to exhaust everybody's opportunity. Yeah, especially Jeter. Yeah, Jeter hasn't played four games. There's no. Oh, we need to save his red shirt. A, a ton of people are going to get reps. You want fresh guys? You'll put a, usually a bunch of people on a kickoff team or like a kick return team, something like that, just to kind of get some youth and get some sparks. So you know what you have going into spring. So it'll be a game. Both teams trying to close the season with some momentum. Uh, one note. Coming out from the transfer portal, Tegan Wilk announced he's entering the portal. He is in the portal as a grad transfer. You know, not surprised. I know you know you're you're pretty uh, you know close with Tegan. Yeah, you know, haven't been a teammate. Played four years here, guys' mm-hmm. degree, got injured, and I'm not saying he would or would not have gone through the portal if he was healthy. But the defense played pretty well without him. I think yeah. he thinks he could also maybe play you know somewhere else. Potentially makes some NIL money. We'll see. It's one of those situations. He's got some good tape. There's mm-hmm. also some things. You know, I think if he goes to the right defensive system, he can yeah. really succeed. He's a northern kid, too. So he yeah. might want to go back to home for a couple of years. Guy. You've been away from your family for four years. I mean, yeah, yeah. four or five. Four years, yeah. Yeah, yeah he came in 2020. His so, sister, I think, went here. and She's yeah. older, but she's, I believe, since but graduated. graduated. So, yeah. So, like, it could just be one of those things wants to go back closer to home. Different opportunity also. I mean, we do so much pressure-wise that he didn't play a ton of coverage. So, maybe he wants a chance to kind of show that and build that to try and go to the next level. Who knows? Hey, you look at the safety position moving forward. You do lose Julius Wood, who will be sorely missed. Hmm. You are projected to return a lot of guys, though. Uh, Jordan Huff has played a lot this year. Devin King, uh, Dontavious Nash, we've seen him emerge. Omar Rogers has another year of eligibility to reigning. So you got two young guys, Javian Clark, Kamari McKinley, who redshirted this year. I've heard very good things about Javian. They call him pinball. Yeah. So I, I think that room is okay, and I know you're going to – I'm going to miss Julius Wood because oh, I love that dude. What but a great person. I think that position will be all right. Yeah. They have plenty of depth, and there's going to be somebody who, as we sit here right now in November, is not going to be on the depth chart. It's not going to be in the talks of being the starter, and they're going to have a great spring. They're going to have a great summer, and all of a sudden we're going to sit here first game and be talking about him starting in the back end. Still That's waiting just how for it goes. Ty Moss yeah, to Ty get a scholarship. Could, could be, yeah. Could be coming. Could be. You never know. All right, so uh, we'll continue to follow guys entering the portal. The portal officially opens December 4th. I always get this question, how can guys enter the portal? If you have a degree, you can basically enter whenever. Yeah, enter whenever, and then right now you can declare your name into it, but you're not officially into the transfer portal. But you can announce that you're going to enter the transfer portal. Like Michael Allen from NC State, who is an undergrad, but will be entering the portal on December 4th. Same as their quarterback. Via NC State. MJ Morris. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Maybe they pay him his uh, his money and keep him out. Mm, I doubt not. that highly. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. Normally, the coaches aren't too keen on you coming back when you try. I this agree. Stuff. I agree. Crazier things have happened, but not not likely. No. So we'll make some picks here shortly. I was going to ask you something else about this game, and now I forgot. So I'm going to transition, and I'm going to act like I know what I'm talking about as we move on to the next point. <laughs> Joe, uh, yeah. when you look at – we're going to talk about the college slate as we pick games here in a little bit, but rivalry week, 
I guess is what you call this. And nothing says robbery week like Tulsa ECU because I'm, of what happened in 2020. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm still mad about 2020, so I, I wish I had the chance to go back. Does anybody on. have on this team have your same passion? Jeremy Lewis. For the Tulsa screw job? Jeremy Lewis. Jeremy Lewis does. Who? Uh, Hampton Ergel would be another one was was on that. I think it was there. Rajay I mean, was there. Did Flynn travel for that game? Flynn traveled for that game, yeah. So this so is Flynn. the Alex Flynn revenge game. <laughs> it should be. I guess Mason would have traveled too because that was 2020. He, he was playing. Yes. Yeah, because that was when Holton came back mm-hmm. after the Navy game. Yeah. So this is the revenge it's, game. It's a revenge game for sure. It's the Ryan Switzer revenge game. It is. From the last time he was in here and he got his butt kicked as a Tar Heel. Now he's the receiver coach at Tulsa. Wow, didn't even think about that. Yeah. A lot of revenge games going on. Revenge game Saturday and rivalry week. This was always one of those games or these weeks for me, Joe, growing oh. up. Like you just you look forward to this. Florida State, Florida. I don't have enough TVs to watch every rivalry game. Yeah, like that's, all these, that's what this week is. And even games like Arizona, Arizona State, even games like Oregon, Oregon State. Like I'm not yeah, always great matchup. You know, I, I'm not ruling out an Oregon State road win. I'm not ruling out Washington State. Shocking Washington. Well, this is this is the week it happens. Yeah, this is the week it happens. This is when the Apple Cup becomes what it is. I mean, Minshew upset uh, Washington that year. He was there, and nobody was kind of counting him and Mike Leach even into it. And they came in and they beat a really good Washington team that year. I want to say, Philip, the year that Washington went to the CFP, did they not lose the Apple Cup? It's a good question. When Chris Peterson was there, yeah, yeah. That up. Either either they lost that or they lost early, but it was a very close game in the Apple Cup. I can't remember if they came away with it, but that's especially now this being the last time we'll get our great Pac-12 rivalries. So the, this is the type of week that reminds me of the 2007 Backyard Brawl because this was the exact <laughs> week. How old were you in 2007, Joe? Uh, six. You were six. I was 15. West Virginia was undefeated, had a free path to the national championship game. All they had to do was beat a 3-7 and seven Pittsburgh team at home. They were 28.5-point favorites. Spoiler alert to the people who don't know this story. They did not cover. They lost 13-9. to nine. Dave Wanstead upset Rich Rodriguez as 28-and-a-half-point underdogs and ended up ruining West Virginia's national championship bid and just one of the more shocking results uh, we had seen and one of the biggest upsets. It was voted the game of the year by ESPNU. I don't know what that means, but that's that's what happened as Pittsburgh won the game and uh, West Virginia fell in just shocking fashion. It really hasn't been the same since no. they lost that game. And uh, they had lost, by the way, but they ended up losing to ECU a year later as well. Booyah. So that's just the type of stuff you see. Rivalry games, crazy things can happen, Joe, is my point. Sorry, I went yeah. on like a bit of a, no. a weird completely acceptable weird thing, story yeah. there. So completely uh, acceptable. It just reminds me of that. All right, let's get in let's get a break. We'll come back. We'll make our college picks. We'll tell you how we're doing on our picks. Is Phillips still kicking our tail? Is Joe making a late season run? We're getting pretty deep into the year. At this point, there's a pretty clear favorite to walk home with the title of best game picker. We'll let you know who that is on the other side. This is Hoist the Colors on a Football Friday. What's happening, man? What's happening? Tell me what's happening. Every ECU fan's one stop for all things ECU athletics. This is Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. 
Welcome back in. We're trying to figure out where Tim Boyle played in college. It's Eastern Kentucky. You're Western Kentucky. He was a hilltopper. Wait, was he before or after Bailey Zappi? I thought way, he played at UConn. Way before. I, he might have played at both. He was definitely at Western Kentucky. Is, are you as sure as this about your double bye week in the NFL? <laughs> yeah, more sure. Speaking of time travel, like we're doing for the show, time travel. he had just traveled from 1993 or whatever it was, the only year there were two bye weeks in the NFL. Yeah. Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle. How old do y'all think Tim Boyle is? 34. 28. Wow. It turns out you were right and wrong. Tim Boyle played. First of all, Tim Boyle is 29. 29. Okay. Tim Boyle played at UConn. Mm-hmm. Applause to me. And Tim Boyle played at Eastern Kentucky. Yeah, I had it right. And then I flipped you it. had it right, and then you flipped it. Yeah. Eastern Kentucky. Eastern Kentucky is the more impressive pool. Yes. So he did play at UConn, because I remember him playing against ECU. And that was when ECU actually won some football games. Is that that random Sunday game in so UConn? This was 2013 to 15, so this uh, was actually the rough era. Ah. And by rough era, I mean the, the Nike R-U-F-F era. <laughs> Not the R O ECU Nike era is what I prefer to call it. The Nike era. Those black unis are my favorite. All right. Let's get into our game picks. (laughs) I was about to transition to UTSA Tulane without segueing there. Uh, We do our game picks every week. Let's let's update the standings, guys. Last week, we were all extremely average. Philip and I, I believe, went 500. Is that correct, Philip? We went 500. What we've been doing is picking college and NFL games a handful each week. Uh, Joe is also very mid. He finished yeah. one game under 500, or actually four and four and six. Right. I either go almost undefeated or I go under 500. I go exactly on the year. Joe is 55, 60, and six, which may not sound the best, but considering where you were like three weeks ago, you have made a. I, lot I of made time. quite a run. I go is 58, 57, and 6, so I'm just clinging to 500-ish. And Philip Pilkington is 66, 49, Felipe. and 6. Just kicking our tail. He has not had a week worse than 4 and 5 on the season. That's what that's that, that's the difference, guys. He is consistently average, and then he puts it together with some good weeks. He also just picks against us at some point, so we're we're on an absolute tangent. And then he's like, whoa, 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 let's not get crazy. Nobody's upsetting this team. Um, Do you guys just want to skip the game tomorrow and go to Atlantic City? Let's do it. Down. Let's go. If there's a week to skip the game, this might be it. That's true. Give Will Naylor's a call. Let's make our game picks before we go to Atlantic City. UTSA is at Tulane. This is for a right (laughs) or for a bid to the conference championship. UTSA on the road. They are three-and-a-half-point dogs. Tulane has been skinning by the – wait, skimping by the skin of their teeth. They've been winning a lot of close games. I don't know what's <laughs> going on with me today. It's probably because we're time-traveling. It's, it's Friday. It's Friday. But it's not, but it is. But it's not. Tulane – The trip of the DeLorean just kind of messed you up. Yeah. The flux capacitor's all flux out. Flux capacitor's all out. I left Biff's uh, sports book back in the past. I should have brought Biff it with Biff's sports book? Biff Pokey. Uh, I'm going UTSA here, guys. I think they're the better team. I think Frank Harris is healthy now. He's been balling. Tulane, this does feel – the thing that worries me, guys, is I feel like they are due for a complete performance. But I'm just going UTSA here. I'm not going to overthink it. I think they're the better team. Joe. 
we agree on the same thing, which is a dangerous thing. UTSA has been the far better team. If you look at their numbers, if you look at the metric, if you look at how they've scored against good defenses, and Tulane has been one of those teams that just kind of fails to put the game away. And we saw it, and they almost lost to Tulsa last week, and Tulsa is by no means the same team UTSA is, which is why future Texas A&M head coach Jeff Trailer, no matter what he tries to tell the media that we need to look at other people and that he wishes they'd talk about other people, future Texas A&M head coach, I'm calling it, him and Frank Harris go into NOLA and they kick Michael Pratt in the teeth and they advance to the American Conference Championship. Bill. You guys are both crazy because it's crazy. ugly crazy. as Tulane wins, they win. They win the ugliest way possible. They kick a game-winning field goal as time expires. UTSA covers, so for the sake of this, I'm picking UTSA with the three-and-a-half-point spread, but the Green Wave win the game. Okay. Roll Wave. They will win. They will cover because we all picked UTSA. Yep. Building the can't-lose parlay now. Oregon State will try to ruin Oregon's possible college football playoff bid. They're on the outside looking in now, but with some magic can get there. Oregon, though, is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. At home, and this is one of those. I don't know, guys. Yeah, I'm, I really want to do something dumb. They're they're begging you to take Oregon here, thirteen and a half. Like they're like, it's just there. Oregon's going to win by two two touchdowns. So what we're going to do here is we're going to start with Philip, and Philip is going to make the first pick because I don't know what I'm doing. Philip, Oregon State should have won last week. They're going to be a little ticked off. Civil War is always a good game. Give me the Beavers to cover, but you know how Joe said today's a good day to be a duck. I think tomorrow's a good day to be a duck. I do think the Ducks win by a touchdown. Ah, we think, Joe. We're going to do the same thing here because if there's one thing Oregon State does, it's play close games when it comes to the Civil War and their last opportunity to play the Big Twelve or the Pac-12 before our good friends of Oregon go to the Pac or the Big Ten is going to be the last of the Pac-12 bloodbaths, which is why I think Oregon State covers. I do think the Ducks win by maybe five or six. I don't even think it's a full score. I think it's a couple field goals here or there that kind of put things away. I Give me the beeves. Somebody hand me a chainsaw. I'm going beavers too. I think, I think Oregon State might win this game outright. That's a gut feeling I have. Great. So Tulane, Oregon. Yep. Not, not liking how this is trending. Oh, boy. Ohio State, Michigan. Michigan, the three-point favorite. They are the victim. You know, forget the fact that they cheated. They got called. Free These Harbaugh. guys are just being – He clearly didn't do it. They're getting screwed. I mean, I can't believe that they're getting punished for cheating. So, How much time we have? Plenty. 15-page manifesto. <laughs> From the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigations, and you want to sit here and say your coach, free him. He didn't do it? Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that he got caught. Anyway. I love that Philip was like, not enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it had to. Um, so Michigan, so Harbaugh suspended for this game, right? Yeah. Yeah, sure. But not next week. Okay. Whatever. He ain't, he ain't coaching this game. We're gonna get another. Gonna we're gonna get another stupid Sharon Moore crying interview after this game. They counted us out. Michigan the number two team in the is nation. gonna win. I mean, I, I give them credit, guys. They are playing this stupid victim card and they're buying into it. And so I'm going Wolverines. 
Joe. If there's one thing I hate, it's an astroturf movement, which is when you fake that you're a grassroots movement and try and build something up. You're the number two team or number three team in the nation. Act like it. You're not the victim. You got caught. So take your little red hands, go on up to Ann Arbor, and get kicked by the Buckeyes. O-H-I-O. I don't think it's close. I think Ryan Day exposes this Michigan defense for what it is, which is a bunch of pretenders. Blake Corum has under 150 rushing yards, and the Buckeyes walk out with another pair of gold pants. Phillip. No way in hell will Michigan ever beat Ohio State three years in a row. Buckeyes. Somebody hand me that Brutus head. Tulsa at ECU, the game of the week in college football. The Pirates are a three-point favorite. Totals at 44.5. I think ECU wins big. Yeah. Pirates. Joe. Pirates. I think if there's any time to unload the entirety of the playbook, it's this weekend. Seriously speaking, Coach Kirkpatrick is also auditioning. If he wants to take another job, this is where you show that you can still handle these situations and still do your job in these unfortunate times. I think the Pirates come out big. I think they win big, and I think they stay up for a while. Felipe. This is Donnie Kirkpatrick's 16th year with the Pirate program. 11 the first time, 5 now, and unfortunately it's going to be his last game. And he goes out on the highest of highs. The Pirate offense against an FBS team this year has yet to score more than 27 points. The team scored 28 against you. App, those two defensive scores. The Pirates score at least 30. Anson Belton Buckle, lock of the week, season high against an what? FBS opponent. Pirates win big. That doesn't make me well, feel good. So you just locked that he's that, scoring 30. That doesn't make me yep. feel good about things. Wow. We're scoring at least 30. And is this so 35 to 10. Y- your statistics are actually right. making me doubt my own pick. To clarify, <laughs> does this count? So, like, the offense has to be responsible for, for 30 points. 30. Yeah, so the offense. not No defensive scores. No. Are we counting field goals? I just want to make sure we get yeah, the parameters right. We'll, okay. count, we'll count field goals, but, yeah. If field the, goals and offensive touchdowns. Offensive but no touchdowns. no scoop and scores. Kick returns? No, that's that's DST and fantasy. It's I'm just I'm just confirming. Teams. I'm yeah. making sure that when we come back here next week, and we ECU score. We won't matter because the offense is going to score like 42. Blake Harrell's defense will have two <laughs> defensive touchdowns. We'll get our first kick return this for a touchdown or punt return for a touchdown. God knows how long it'll score like 63 points. Since 2004. Thank you. That's why he's here. I almost did Anson Belton Buckle Lock of the Week, but I didn't do it. I was going to call Julius Wood pick, but <laughs> picks are such a crapshoot. Yeah. I'm just going to stay away. I'll save it. All right, Florida State, six-and-a-half-point favorite at Florida. Can the Gators upset the Knolls? Travis is hurt, correct? Yeah, he's done. He's done. I unfortunately saw his injury live. He is done. And so did their backup? I didn't pay any attention to he, what he did. He was okay. It was – and Philip can correct me if I'm wrong here – it looked more like 18 didn't lose the game and the rest of them woke up as far as the running game and the receivers made a little bit more contested catches. Uh, Coleman got a lot more separation against North North Arizona or North Alabama, whoever they played. North Alabama. North Alabama. And it was a UNA. Um, and then they started to look more like themselves, but it, it didn't really feel like they were in control until probably mid-third, late third, early fourth. Florida yeah, has yeah. lost four games in a row. And yet, Sunbelt Billy, I'm going to take the Gators to cover this game and possibly win it, but obviously cover because that's what we're picking against the spread. I'm going Florida. Joe. What's the line again? Six and a half, Florida State. Six and a half. 
I'm going to do something dumb here. I believe in the Seminoles. I don't know why I believe in the Seminoles. Uh, I do think, actually, it's a bounce-back week, and that's very odd to say for a team that's now not ranked in the top four. But this is your chance to show the committee that you deserve a chance. Even if you win the ACC championship, they aren't guaranteed to get into the playoff. This is the week you establish it. You go beat not a great team, but still an SEC team that is at least historically a good program. And I think this is when you do it. Give me the Seminoles. Oh, that was terrible. Oh, yeah, it was bad. That was that. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you should be uh, you should be declined from picking Florida State after that. You should have you should to be forced Florida. to take Florida. This, this mic's kind of bad, though. That's what it is. Yeah, it's, it's the mic. mic. I think yeah. you need to rehearse the. Oh, there you go. There yeah. it is. I am oh, taking them. Oh, well, I'm picking them. You're not. No Gators. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. UNC. Is Why did you favorite. make us pick this next game? I'm so mad. Yeah, just I had to, man. I had to. UNC, two and a half at NC State. <sighs> Philip, start us off. Oh. Philip wants is, both of them to know. lose. I, this, this game I, just, is hard I, to I think they man. both lose. They both can't win big games. I don't know. They're ranked NC State. Yesterday, I don't know what, or not yesterday, Monday, excuse me. I don't know what we are doing. NC State's yeah. a good thing. You know what? I'm going to say this. It's going to be Luke. It's going to be. It's going to be Luke May's last college game. He goes off. Luke May. Luke May's last college Drake game. Was May. Was <laughs> that guy. It's going to be May's last college game. He's not going to play in the bowl game. I guess is my prediction. Uh, yeah. And not. today, forty-five uh, thirty-eight. No, how can I even say it? No way State's offense puts up 38. I don't know. <laughs> Tar Heels score a lot, though. I'm going Carolina. Yeah. Armstrong sucks. Dave Doran sucks. Carolina sucks less. Give me the Tar Heels. Dave Doran, if there's one thing he's good at, is losing this game. It's beating NC State. Or up. <laughs> no, it's, it's winning. Beating NC State. Beating North Carolina. He's been beating NC he State the whole he year. He beat NC State quite a bit, especially when it comes to uh, – Preventing them from getting ten. Who knows? Wins. Maybe this is his last game as the Wolfpack. Maybe he's headed off to Starksville. We'll, we'll find know. out here shortly. I hate Dave Dorn. State has won the last two. Double so, OT last year. 34-30 before that. Five of the last seven have gone to the Wolfpack. It's In about Carter, to be six of eight. Give me the fighting Dave Dorns. He has proven me wrong God, all year, so I'm going to jump on board with the pack. And I... I can't say anything else. Speaking so, of terrible picks, Philip, you ready? Yeah. For my Anson Belt and Buckle lock of the week, Wazoo plus 16 and a half in the Apple Cup. Because if there's one thing that the Cougars can do, it's roar. Going with BYU, they've lost two straight. Come on, man. Danny Ainge is not playing. Kreshimer Coaches is not playing. Stan Watts is not Tell playing. Him. True, true. Good point. I'm going with Washington State. Okay. Cougars. Sure. Right. Cougars. I love Cougars. Cougars. <laughs> 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 All those BYU clip. Give me Wazoo. All right. There's our college picks. Not feeling too good, but it's a, it's, it's fun to do, guys. I'm I enjoy getting, this segment every I'm week. getting demoted. We're all getting demoted after this show. <laughs> I'm getting demoted. Hey, we're putting in the work, though. This is true. Uh, because it's a football Friday. We're not even in studio, and we're still killing the show. That's how we do it. All right, let's go. <laughs> Take a break. We'll come back. We'll make NFL picks. Can the Broncos keep it rolling? Can the Jets stay in the hunt 
as they play on this Black Friday. Can the Panthers win their second game of the year? We'll tell you when we make our picks on the other side. This is Hoist the Colors on a Football Friday. Everything you need to know in the world of ECU athletics. This is Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Welcome back in. Hoist the Colors Football Friday edition. We just made our college picks. Enjoy doing that. Now we're going to transition to NFL. And we're going to do that with a look at the playoff picture, guys. Because we're getting to that time of the year where everyone is in the hunt. It seems, except for the Panthers. <laughs> and uh, the AFC is just absolute chaos. The Ravens chaos. right now Carnage. are the number one seed, 8-3. and three. Chiefs fall to the two spot with their loss to the Eagles. They're 7-3. and three. Jaguars in the three spot, 7-3. and three. Dolphins, 7-3. and three. The Browns are somehow 7-3 and three in the first wild card spot, yep. despite not having Deshaun Watson the rest of the year. The Texans are 7-3 and three in the sixth spot. The Steelers, the crappy Steelers. Are in uh, excuse me. The Texans are six and four. The Steelers are six and four in the seventh spot, despite being outgained every single game this year. Then you got the Bills, Colts, Broncos, Bengals, Raiders, all jumbled up at either six and five or five and six, followed by the Chargers, Jets, and then the Titans and Pats are pretty much out of it. So the AFC is just crapshoot. It's just yeah. I mean, the the interesting thing is basically week to week. Yeah. At this point, it's going to be a lot of fun to follow. I can't wait. NFC, not as exciting, really. Yeah. It's, it's basically almost like... Almost wrapped up, yeah. essentially. Uh, Vikings are 6-5 and five in, the six, in the seventh spot. Seahawks are 6-4 and four yeah. in the sixth spot. But then the eighth seed right now is the Packers at 4-6. and six. The Rams are 4-6. and six. Nobody else is over 500. No, yeah. It's the, it's the battle of the NFC East. And who, just who whether or not the yeah. NFC South went... Whoever's in second right now, I guess, could jump up and take the four. Yeah. A lot easier than they could take the seven. Mm-hmm. It's whoever wins the NFC East is the bye. The other one will get the first uh, wild card. And then the NFC North. It's not the, necessarily true. I could see the 49ers with a better record than the Eagles, possibly. Well, I was I was more saying whoever has home field between the uh, two yeah, NFC East teams. Yeah. It's either the Cowboys or it's the Eagles. It's yeah. which one's getting home field. Yeah. There are still... A lot of games left. Yeah, a lot of game left. I mean, there's still seven games left. But, like, also. You're also getting down to the nitty-gritty. Yeah, but a lot of these teams they're getting ready to face on the NFC side are terrible. That is true. NFC is a joke, uh, primarily thanks to the Panthers. All right, let's get into – sorry, Philip. Yikes. That's a straight bullet. I wish Patrick Mason was here so we could at least say the Panthers and the Bears. And the Bears. Well, the Bears. The Bears. The Bears have three wins. Correct, or true. false on uh, Thursday Night Football a few weeks ago. Yeah, the, the Bears have only won games on Thursdays. I mean, they have one win on a Sunday. The Dolphins That's are at the Jets today, tonight. Tonight. In Currently? New York. 3 o'clock. No, 3 yeah. o'clock. This afternoon. Like, oh, excuse me. Kicking excuse me. off shortly. Yeah. Network coverage, Network I think, starts at like 1.30 on Prime. in the afternoon? I don't know. It's Black Friday. I don't know. People so that men out. can watch football while their wives are out shopping. Yeah, yeah. it is true. Lessens the blow. Dolphins, Jets. Dolphins, guys, are a 10-point favorite on the road, despite not being a great road team. But a large reason is because Tim Boyle, Tim Boyle. is playing quarterback Fighting for the Tim Jets. Boyle. We clarified earlier he did attend UConn. He also attended Eastern Kentucky, and yes. he's 29 years old. So he is in the prime of his career. Yeah, I mean, Randall Cobb is 32. I mean, doesn't mean he's not ancient. So you start us off here, Joe. Let us know oh. 
How is this game going to play out? Will the Jets cover? Good people of the surrounding Washington, Greenville, and New Bern area and the tri-state area known as New York, Buffalo, and all of Syracuse. The New York Jets have been here before. First off, last time the New York Jets were 4-6 and six sitting at this break, they went on to go to the AFC Championship in 2009. I want that to be known as the first thing. Second thing, this is not the first time a backup has worn all black and faced a team with orange in it. Because I'll remind you of the Mike White legacy game, 34-31 against the Cincinnati Bengals. Mike White goes 37 for 45 with 405 yards and three touchdowns. Tim Boyle follows up the same thing. Because if there's one thing the Dolphins can't do, it's play defense this year. Yeah, I understand people want to go back and look at their games against really bad teams. But do you know what happens when they play really good teams, I go? They lose. Often. They didn't play the Chiefs close. The Jets did. They barely scrubbed out a win against the Raiders, which if the Jets don't play defense with themselves and Tyler Conklin plays corner instead of receiver. Garrett Wilson makes a catch. They win that game also. And we sit here with six wins at the break. And then as you see, as I'm wearing, quiet. Rodgers is manifesting. He's coming. Don't you worry. He's coming back shortly. It's going to be a Christmas miracle. The Jets are going to find a way to stay in the hunt. He comes back. They win the AFC East. Mike White is the savior, but Tim Boyle is the redeemer. Give me the Jets. I don't know how to follow that. Yeah, we should have let him go last. <laughs> I, uh, you're right. We should have <laughs> because I'm, I'm just speechless. It, it, that is very similar to the experience I had when Bobby Pettiford sank that <laughs> half court <laughs> shot. Um, top three moments in ECU sports history: that rant, Daffer Dagger, Bobby Pettiford. <laughs> I don't know if the Jets can score a point. Uh, but I also don't see. <laughs> I also don't what? see. What? Like uh, we've got Greg the leg. Even even if you want to say we couldn't score a touchdown, that's fine. Right, but we'll get twelve points of field goals. Tim Boyle. Like I see this game being much like last week's Raiders game for the Dolphins. Like they're probably going to win seventeen to ten or something like that. It's just a matter of can the Jets put up enough points to cover the ten? Because the Dolphins seem to be doing what the Dolphins do. When the season goes, the the weather gets cooler. Yeah, this this is the same coach, by the way, last year who started out eight and zero and finished eight and eight. Did that really happen last year? No, they didn't start out eight. No, what were they six and two and then they finished eight and eight? Yeah, that's six and two finished eight and crash. eight. Crash. I'm going crash, uh, but they still win, so I'm going Jets to cover the ten. Eight and nine, I think actually. Yeah. Let me oh yeah, yeah. They got seven two games. No, they had two yeah. bye weeks, so eight. Yeah, no bye weeks. You're right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Look, Mike McDaniel's got a really creative offense. It's fun to watch. But when a defensive-minded coach, whether it be a D.C. or a head coach, figures it out, they struggle because they can't just beat teams playing fundamental football. I think they win the game, but it's close. I'm going to kind of you know, piggyback off what Igo said there. So I think they win, but I think the Jets cover. I also want to point out that Salah and McDaniels are longtime like, buddies. They've been connected forever. So if there's anything – that Mike McDaniels wants to throw at Salah. He's seen it before. Fair enough. Right. Oh, maybe he dreams up something last night. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Jags at Texans. The Jaguars. This is a surprisingly big game in the AFC South. The Jaguars are a two-point road favorite. The Texans have been a surprise all year. They struggled a little bit last week, but found a way to beat the Cardinals. They're now finding out it's not as easy when you're the hunted as opposed to the hunter. And I think I think we see the Texans come a little bit back to earth again this week. 
I think the Jaguars win on the road and take control of this division, Joe. Death taxes the Jaguars imploding when it comes to the playoff picture. I think the Texans come out. I think D'Amico Ryan has done a great job building that team. Blake Cashman had 14 tackles solo last week alone. Their defense is playing well. They've got a very good defensive front who's getting to the quarterback. If there's one thing that Jacksonville hasn't been able to do this year, it's protect Trevor Lawrence. And I think he makes the same mistakes he's been making, throws a couple interceptions, and the Texans take over. Give me the future AFC South champion, Texans. See, you just described the game that already played out in Duval County earlier this year. I don't think that happens again. Give me Jacksonville. Yeah, I think Jacksonville comes ready to go after that one. They were surprised in the game one. All right, Panthers are at the Titans, the helpless Panthers. Titans are three, are just a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The I Titans, was hoping for more. Titans must stink. Because that would have made it a lot easier. This is now a difficult game to pick. I went with the Panthers last week, and I quickly regretted it. I'm going Titans here, and I don't think the Titans are good, but I think they're more than three-and-a-half points better than the Panthers at home. Titans. Joe. Is Levis starting is the question. I think so. I I guess give me the Titans. I, I don't think that the Panthers have the offensive firepower. I think Reich taking back over play calling was a really bad sign for where the offense is headed. Uh, Miles Sanders looks like a shell of what he already was. Hubbard's barely giving you 78 yards maybe on the ground. Their offensive line still has a lot of holes. Thielen's doing his best, but he can't do anything without a true number one to help him out. Is Burns still out with a concussion? No, he came back last week. Um, yeah, still give me the Titans. I, I just think Vrabel's more experienced in handling bad teams against bad teams. Yeah, I don't know what Will Levis we're going to get. I think that plays a big factor in this game because if the Panthers can run the ball the way they did for their one drive of the second half when it was still close last week, mm. they stand a chance if the Titans' offense stinks. But it's hard to have faith in a team that's 1-9. I and do it in every Greek week. mythology, the Titans were even greater than the gods, and gods are greater than Panthers. So give me the Titans. Bra- Browns at Broncos. Denver, two-and-a-half-point favorite. Two of the hottest teams in the league going head-to-head once again. Broncos proved victorious last week. By the way, can we uh, clarify? Last week, my lock of the week was Broncos <laughs> over Vikings. Vikings covered Broncos one outright, so what do we think here? Do I hit, or is it half well, credit? It was, it was no. You got it. Because, well, you got a half credit because you said going into the previous week the Vikings were going to lose back to back games. You did. They didn't. True. But then when you said last week, you said they still lose the second leg of last week's Anson Belt and Buckle. So and Josh Dobbs got picked yeah. off in prime time. Yeah, he did. So I guess he's like so many half points. He's a he's a whole lock. <laughs> we'll I give keep, it to him. If I keep making twenty locks in one, yeah. <laughs> and you know what, guys, I'm going with again. Lock of the week, Anson Belton buckled. The Denver Broncos will win their fifth consecutive game, and they will cover the two and a half because the Browns are due for a letdown. Denver is going to roll at home. Anson Belton buckle. Are you game day ready? Visit AnsonBelts.com backslash ECU. Check out their great collection of holeless belts. Look at Joe's face. He is all about it right now, uh, including their – ECU officially licensed buckle. And it's in belt and buckle, the official belt of ECU Athletics. They will no longer be sponsoring Tegan Wilt going forward. All right. Uh, Joe, what do you think? 
Have you ever heard of Miles Garrett? Yeah, I've heard of him. Uh, yeah, he's called, single-handedly wrecking the entirety of the AFC. Broncos are going to Your left tackle is Garrett Bowles. He himself came out and was like, we have to be better. Here's a thought, Garrett. Look in the mirror. You're the first person who needs to decide how he's, you're going to play he's football. Been, he's been better since that. Yeah, it's not hard to be better when you lose 72 to 21, I think it was. Well, like you're just mad you've only let the up Jets 68. Now no, no, no. The Broncos in the playoffs. We're not even near that yet. You've let up 68 points in your last four games. I get it. That's a great defensive turnaround. But your offense has looked lethargic up until the last two weeks, and especially when you put in a pass rusher as experienced as Miles Garrett, who is jumping over the long snapper to block field goals. I cannot pick against the Cleveland Browns. I don't even need to look at it. The DTR is the starter. I don't even need to look at the fact that Nick Chubb's leg went the other way on Monday Night Football. There is no possible scenario in my brain where I could logically sit here and try and pick the Broncos, which is why give me the Brownies, give me Miles Garrett, and let the AFC North champions who are coming for the Raiders, or Ravens, excuse me, take it away. What you need to look at is a clock because we need to get a break. But DTR is not showing me enough to prove that he can win games consistently. Give me Denver. All right, rapid fire. Bills at Eagles. Bills are a three-and-a-half-point dog. I think the real Buffalo Bills show up, and they win in Philly, and I think they at least cover Buffalo. Joe. Fly Eagles, fly. Uh, Bills bounce back. Eagles are riding too high from last week. Give me the Bills. All right, we'll get our final break in. We'll come back. We'll talk about Denver Broncos and Jaquan McMillan. This is Hoist the Colors. This is ECU head football coach Mike Houston, and you're listening to Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. Welcome back in. Hoist the Colors. We've got a few minutes left as we wrap up the show. Just wanted to point out that the highest graded Denver Broncos player is Jaquan MacMillan, as that is apparently how it's pronounced according to the Denver Broncos PR staff. He's got a PFF grade of 87.9, which is in the elite category. Run defense grade of 92.0. They're graded on a scale of 0 to 100, just for reference. 60 is replacement level. Pass coverage grade of 82.0. J-Mac is balling out, and he's the reason I'm so confident in my lock of the week, Joe. Yeah, I mean, let the kids play. I mean, they cut Randy Gregory. They cut two other players who just weren't young guys. Yeah. Uh, They cut Frank Clark. And they really kind of dove into letting the youth play, and I think that's really been the lead for their resurgence, and I'm sure I'm not the first person to have this take. But I think Peyton knew that the older guys were part of the older culture, and I think he knew with the younger guys he could try and flip them, these things around. And First off, I don't know how J-Mac went undrafted. That's its own problem. It's yeah, it's a joke, but he's done what he had to do. He was on every special team last year, and then this year they signed him to the active, and here he is paying dividends. Check out J-Mac this Sunday against Cleveland. Also, Keaton Mitchell and the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday night football. They will be at the Chargers. So, another primetime game. Can Brandon Staley lose his job yet? I've been saying it for a long time. He finally got into it with a reporter. Did you you see? He was like, it's not my job to answer those questions. It is precisely your job. You're the head football coach of the organization. You are the one that comes out to the media and says, here's the problem. This has been Joe's Soapbox. I could go an hour on him. Voice the colors. One day we will be doing a two-hour show. Not sure (laughs) when it's coming. Felt like one today, oddly enough. But we'll see you guys after the weekend. This has been Hoist the Colors. See you Monday. 
This has been Hoist the Collars with your host, Stephen Igo. Tune in weekdays at noon for all things ECU sports. Get a recap of the show at 943thegame.com on Twitter, Facebook, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We're back Monday with more of Hoist the Collars on 943 the game.